2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. I, I never told anyone because like people who do this are guys. Women are never addressed in the conversation of lust. So like I felt even more shameful because like I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is legit. Like I don't have to beg because I'm already forgiven. What? Uh, this is how he sees me. What? And I think I cried after he asked me who I was. And that was the very first time I ever saw myself as daughter. Yo, <laughs> this is the Death Alive podcast. It's your boy Richard Young. And today's episode is with Misha. Say what's up, Misha. Hello, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you did not want to do this intro. What is, what is your story about? Like, wh what do you think? What are we going to hear in this podcast? We just recorded uh, it. Going to hear a lot about death, literally. Um, uh, you're going to hear a lot about the transforming power of God. I love it. The transforming power of God. Yes. You transformed? I am. You're you brand new, aren't you? I'm brand new. <laughs> Let's go. All right. We won't uh, we won't talk about it anymore. Buggle up, strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Man, this is real talk. God is loving on me. Colorful and innocent, that's on me. Got me standing in the light and it's on me. It's a new heart, it's a new beat. It's a new thing, it's a new seat. It's a new thing, it's a new dream. It's a new so heart, I, it's a I've new met beat. you once in person. And we we hung out for about six hours or so. And you were just super laid back. I don't feel like I got to really know your story. And then I started here. I've heard a little bit. I think you came on the Bible study one time mm -hmm. and you shared your whole story. But in your mind, uh, tell me where does the old Misha, where does the old Misha story begin? I don't know. I think it starts like when I was a baby. <laughs> um, a, a baby? Yeah. Um, my mom was shot and killed when I was eight months old. 
Oh, mercy. Yeah. And, um, my grand- How, like what, 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 what's the story? It was, was she in the wrong neighborhood uh, or no, uh, drugs. She was into that lifestyle, drug lifestyle. And, um, it's crazy. Cause I mean, she knew something bad was going to happen and mm-hmm. she like called her friend and was like, such and such is going, I'm going to die if he doesn't get what he wants. And yeah. And her friend called my grandma and she was gone. You, you must have heard this story when you were much older, right? You didn't hear it when you were a child, did you? No. Um, which is crazy because like when I was growing up, I didn't know anything. I just assumed this was normal. Like I assumed like I didn't know in the back of my head that I didn't have a mom. Because hmm. I always felt like I didn't lack anything because I was so well taken care of by my grandparents that like I never felt like I had to question. Like, where's my mom? So I actually I don't even remember ever being told. Hmm. So your your grandma your grandma and grandpa were was your is your was your dad in the picture? No. He he came to the my mom's funeral and that was the last time they saw him. So were they married or, or no? <laughs> so so your parents for all intents and purposes are your grand are your mom's parents. Yes, correct. So do you you did you see them pretty much exactly like this is my mom and dad? Yes. So what was that like growing up? The best, honestly. Um they gave us so my grandpa was 70 years old when this all went down. And so there's five of my siblings. I have five siblings and I'm the youngest and the oldest was 5 years old. And so my grandma, my grandpa was 70. My grandma was 65 years old when they got us. And it was, it was nice. So there's five siblings and their ages are one, two, three, four, and five when they. Well, not quite. Cause I'm three years af- um, after my siblings. So it's like five, four, three, eight months old. And then you. Yeah. And so, man, what wonderful, what wonderful grandparents. They took all of you guys, no question. No question. I, um, I wasn't really with my mom. Like my grandma was like, I'm her baby. So like she, you could tell from the get go, like they were very like protective over us. And so like only like my older sisters and probably like my brother and sister, cause they're twins. They could see my mom, but I don't think I was like really with her. Because you were eight months old when she passed. Yes. Wow. So did your did your grandma and grandpa ever tell you stories about your mom growing up, or like this is what she was like, or was it kind of like she's not really a part of your memory or history? I mean, obviously not your memory because right. you're eight months old, but but like stories about her. Um. Not really. Our family wasn't really talk like, because I think it was so traumatic for everyone. And like, I don't even know if like my grandparents knew how to handle it because like, they probably never grieved 
because like they immediately had to like jump right back in. Like it wasn't like they didn't really have time to process what actually happened and like how that probably affected them. It was like immediate mom and dad mode to these five kids who don't have parents. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so this is where the story starts. Yeah. With uh, old Misha, just uh, mm-hmm. with with some old old parents. That, yeah. <laughs> but, all right, well, what happened? Tell me. Oh, so, like, growing up, um, I probably had, like, attachment issues. <laughs> no, I know I, I did. To my grandma. And, like, looking back, it was probably because, like, she was my person. And so... I was always so full of fear of being without her. And so, Hmm. um, like, I couldn't even go to, like, birthday parties or spend the night places because I was so homesick. I'm like, I need my grandma. Even when I was, like, Mm -hmm. older, like, I couldn't even go to my aunt's or uncle's house. And they would have, like, sleepovers all the time with my siblings and like I couldn't participate because I was like so fearful of being without my grandma. And then, so that's one part of it all. And so, which which introduced the fear of death at an early age, because I was always like in my memory of like, I cannot be without these people. And so then I don't know. I just feel like there's a plethora of things. School was fine. Like elementary school. I f- my grandpa was also the principal at my school. So like that was fun for me because <laughs> everyone knew me. I never really mm-hmm. had to share my story. I was pretty much like on top. That's what it felt like. <laughs> okay. So your grandparents, did they, were did, were they... What denomination were they? Okay, so my grandma was African Methodist Episcopalian. And then my grandpa was non-denominational. So they went to two separate churches. <laughs> okay, so you're going to these, you're going to church with your grandma. And you're, uh, you learn, you go to Sunday school, mm-hmm. you're in a Christian school. What, who's God to you at this point? Oh, um, I remember... Like, out of all of my siblings, no shade to them, but I was probably the one that was more, like, attuned to God. Like, I was always drawn to him. Like, whenever my grandpa used to talk about him to me, like, I was like, I want to know him. Like, something about Jesus, God, I I grabbed a hold onto it and always, like, held it close to my heart. But mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, I mean... He was just as basic as it could get. Like, he's in heaven and I want to go to heaven. <laughs> and he loves me. Hmm. So. Hmm. What about your view of yourself as you're growing up? Oh, I hated myself. That's easy. I, I always like, and again, in elementary, like I was very much like on top. I was like the singer the dancer, always chosen for like solos, even though I could not sing, but like I was the favorite of all the teachers. And then I went to a dance studio and 
it plummeted. Like my self-worth hmm. plummeted very, very quickly too. And like my dance teacher just hated me. And I didn't know why. And like, that was probably something that I I could not make it make sense before because I was always mm-hmm. so loved by adults. And then for the very first time, like, someone doesn't like me. And someone mm-hmm. who I, I want to like me so bad. Mercy. And that was probably around fifth, fifth or sixth grade, I think. And so since then, like, you started really disliking yourself. Yeah, like majorly. Um, and I, it didn't help that I got teased from like my older siblings either. And so I was always called like, you're dramatic or um, like, oh, Misha, we found you in a garbage can. Like, you know, typical, not typical, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, and stuff. Not that I believe that, obviously, but. I just felt very much out of place. And I knew that I felt out of place because like I was very in tune with my emotions at a young age and I would like mm-hmm. beg my grandpa to get me help. What kind of help? I wanted to talk to somebody because I knew that like I either want to die or I mean, I was too afraid to die. So like I knew that it was either just going to be me in this hellhole of like I hate myself so much but I'm too afraid of death to do anything about it. So I'm having a, a disconnect. Okay. You hated yourself so much because there was somewhat like this dance studio just jump started this thing? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. like it And was the bottom really line bad. reason you didn't like yourself was was what? You said the reason just why you were teased? I, yeah. I just had a horrible image of myself like if i'm this Mm. bad then like i just hate myself then because there's nothing i can Mm. do to fix it and there's really no reason behind it and i think i also had a disconnect there because like i didn't know why like there was no reasoning for me to feel this way like it would have been better if like i had a reason why a person didn't like me Hmm. But like, it was just a constant bullying every every time I went to dance. What did your grandma and grandpa try to? Did they? So your grandpa knew knows this because you're asking for help. You want to talk to somebody. He never knew why. What, what What did they say to you? How did they counsel you? Oh, they just ignored it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Later on, I like a few years ago, actually. I like was talking to my grandpa and I brought it up like, why didn't you ever like get me help or like, uh-huh. and he was like, that's the one thing like he wished he could have done for me. Cause he saw later in life how much it truly affected me. So. Hmm. Do you think there was like a stigma about getting help or talking to somebody? Probably for sure. Like, it's definitely a stigma probably in my culture of just like we don't do counseling. Like you're fine. Like that's how it was just always viewed. You're being dramatic. You're fine. It really isn't that bad. Yeah, I think from 
I, I'm not in your culture, but I think from what I've heard mm-hmm. about your culture, that is a thing that we're not going to, to go to counseling or to a, a psychiatrist or, um, yeah. So then what happened next? You're, you're struggling, you're trying got, to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I just lived life that way. That was just my normal. Mm-hmm. Like I go to dance, I have so much anxiety. I'm sweating, sweating profusely at this place because I can't wait to leave the moment I step in the building. Hmm. And I didn't want to leave because like my best friends were there. So it was just like, I don't want to leave. I'll just deal with this. This will eventually, I'll end up not caring what this person has to say anymore. And that's what happened. The older I got, the less I cared. Hmm. But if we're going to backtrack, I was also addicted to watching sex scenes. Hmm. And that was like very much crazy for me. Like I was, I think it was just the lack of love I felt. And so I liked watching people, whatever that is. (laughs) So how did that start? I don't know. I think that like, like my grandma used to watch a lot of soap operas Mm -hmm. and I'll just be bored. And so we will just watch them with her and, I I was like, I like that. Mm-hmm. And that's also the reason why I hated myself, because I knew that was wrong. So you start watching these soap operas. Does it ever get to uh, anything? Does it get deeper than that? Or just for a while, it's just like sex scenes and movies? No, it's just that. It was just movies, like that thing deeper than that. And you hated yourself for it? Yeah. Immediately, I knew it was wrong. That's interesting how someone doesn't have to explain to us sin. Mm. Right. We're just like, I shouldn't be doing it, but I want to. And then you're like, I know I'm, I know this is bad. God doesn't like me. He's, he's frustrated. And that, that, that was my thoughts all the time. Hmm. How old were you when this started happening? I don't know. I'm, I feel like my brain has blocked out a lot of things. Like, I can't remember anything. Like, I remember vaguely. I can't remember. I know I was young. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep going. What happens next? This is, this is the depth. This is the death. This is some death. Um, this is, um, so, I mean, yeah, I was just in that cycle of, like, watching that stuff, hating myself, you know, sorry, God, I won't do it again, doing it again, hating myself, <laughs> you know, the, the, the cycle <laughs> for uh, years. I, I know the cycle for years. Yeah. <laughs> for years. Years until college. That's so, it's, it's sweet in a way because, you know, obviously you know it's wrong. Um, there's so much awful stuff out there that people get trapped in. 
and yours mm-hmm. is you know watching sex scenes in movies which is not great but it's not it's not like yeah. crazy um i guess it's all it's all deception right it's all lies no matter what the level is right um so you're 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 living in that thing you become friends with savannah mm-hmm. in school yeah right? in middle school and you guys just became buddies and yeah go ahead and speak i was on real that. bold yeah i like saw her in seventh grade i transitioned to a new school uh-huh. which was a whole another issue we'll get into that and i saw her and i was like you're gonna be my friend and i walked away <laughs> what what was the issues with the transitioning to a new school i mean i just became this i was horrible i just was bad were you a bully I know I was very mean and I was very mean to teachers as well. Like I was very mean to adults. Like I didn't care. But this is cause you're, sounds like you're living with some pain. Yeah. You don't like yourself. Mm-hmm. You're living mm-hmm. with some pain and it manifests itself in just anger and being kind oh, of mean. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was honestly like the worst, like the worst person you can think of. That was me. Like, I was so mean, and I was so mean, like, I could not be corrected, obviously, which made me even meaner, because I thought other people were being mean to me, so. So then, what drew you to Savannah? I don't know. She was sitting with her friends. This is the first day of school at a new school, and, like, I just saw her, and I walked up to her group. And I was like, you're going to be my friend. And then I walked away. So you become friends with her. uh, And this is throughout high school. You guys are are friends. Yeah. So you Mm -hmm. are there. And if you haven't heard Savannah's episode, it's wild. Brayden's episode, wild. She ends up dating this guy. What did you think about all that when it was going down? Were you guys pretty tight? Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was fine. I knew it wasn't normal, but I was like, this is cool. Like, (laughs) I'm just here for fun. Like, it was just really. So when she's dealing with her guilt, condemnation and shame for doing stuff or whatever, would she be sharing any of that with you or you had no No, idea? I had no idea. I had no idea. That's crazy how the people that are the closest to us, even though we're going through our garbage. I don't know how much you shared with her or, or who you shared with, like no. what was going on with you about your self-loathing and, and, and mm-hmm. the stuff that you're doing that you don't want to do. You're kind of on an island, right? You're just by yourself trying to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, didn't, I never told anyone. And I, in fact, like church forced me not to tell anyone almost because like people who do this are guys. Like, people who watch stuff like this, whatever, similarities are are men. Like, women don't do this. Women are never addressed in the conversation of lust. So, like, I felt even more shameful because, like, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. So, like, I really can't tell. Like, guys, like, y'all are free to tell everyone. And there's, like, there's less shame around telling someone, you know what I mean? Other than like women, like women don't share. 
And so it was just very difficult for me because of that. And I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this even more. Yeah. And so we're just doing church, like we're just playing church and people are dealing with issues. And let's be honest, like the way that the enemy attacks so much is through sexual immorality, is through sex, because it speaks to who we are at our core. That's why yeah. it's, you know, I think I explained this in the last podcast. I'm sure I did. That, that sexual immorality is a sin against our own bodies. Because our bodies were not made for that. Our bodies are made for, with intimacy for someone in covenant. And so it jacks, it jacks our heart and just mm-hmm. makes us hate ourselves all that much more. And so we're yeah. just dying from the inside out. Uh, and so you get to college. Um, mm-hmm. Did you feel a little bit more stable? Did you feel a little bit more like less hate for yourself? Like, I mean, I pretty much, like, it It wasn't so intense. Like, I wasn't watching it as intensely as I was by then. Like, it was very on and off. And, like, when I would do it, I would feel extreme guilt. And then when I didn't, I was, like, so proud of myself. Like, this is, this is how it is. Like, you'll soon be free, Misha, from this. And that's just how... How I lived. And I was, I mean, I pretty much loved myself. Like I was attending church. I went to like, I was very connected with the Lord and yeah. You and him were on the same page. Like you, you, you felt confident in your relationship with. Yes. Very confident. That's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. So what happens, what happens next on your journey here? At college, I hear um, a, a, a girl talk about how she was addicted to porn. And I sobbed. And I'm sure like all everyone that was sitting beside me was like staring at me. <laughs> and I was like crying. And okay. Let's backtrack. So one day in college, I was literally just sitting in my bed, reading my Bible, and my friends were like, hey, you want to get some Dairy Queen? And I was like, sure. And I stood up, was putting my shoes on, and I swear to you, I felt like Holy Spirit fall on me. Hmm. And in that moment, I never had the desire to look at anything ever again. And it it's a very bizarre thing, but it happened, and I I didn't have I couldn't pinpoint what happened at all, but mm-hmm. like I knew, I knew, I was like, oh my gosh, I just got free from this thing, and I don't even know what this means. And then I heard the girl speak at chapel like months later, and mm-hmm. I sobbed, and I knew that like. I still had shame over it because I was too afraid to tell someone my college asked me to speak at chapel Mm -hmm. and to tell my testimony. And I knew that I couldn't do it. So they asked you to speak for chapel on it and you're like, ah, hard pass. Yeah. I was like, I can't speak it without mentioning this. (laughs) So I can't say it at all. And I don't want to mention it because I still had a lot of shame toward it. 
and I didn't want to lie. Mm. So, but you felt like you had been freed from that temptation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what happens next for, for good old Misha? So, um, so yeah, that happened. And then me and Savannah started, we went to like this little group in Columbus and that was really cool. And like, I was on fire. (laughs) For God. Yeah. What was this group about? Um, it was just like a group of young adults in Columbus from all over, um, worshiping the Lord every Monday. And it was awesome. And um, someone gave me a word there and I got prayed over and she like hit everything that I ever went through in my life. And I, I was like, what in the world? Cause I thought God's thoughts about me were, I thought he would expose me. So I was afraid for people to pray for me because I thought that God would expose to them my deepest, darkest secrets. Mm-hmm. And so when she prayed over me, um, I don't know, she just spoke life to me for the very first time and told me that God loved me. And I don't know, it tore me up, man. Like hearing that for like the first time in like actually like believe it mm-hmm. and as much as I could believe at that time like it it tore me up how long ago was that this was 2017 2017 so mm-hmm. your understanding or knowing something different about God like God has opened up a little bit to you and it turns out that he yes. loves you yes Praise the Lord. So you keep doing this this Monday night group thing, and you're on fire for the Lord. Um, Tell me more. What happened? Um, Happens. Oh, Savannah. Me and Savannah are like, we're on fire together. We're going to different churches, conferences all the time. Um, Chasing it. Got to get hungry. (laughs) For God. you know, that constant thing, uh, but you're never full, that type of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I did that for a long time, too. And didn't want to leave it. It was nice, you know. You felt like uh, a, you were accomplishing something by chasing after God, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you think like, this is this is what it's about? <laughs> do you feel like any self-righteousness kind of creeped in? Like. You're yeah. good because you're doing this thing? Yeah. Like, that's the only way I felt okay. Was like, because I still had shame. So like, I know I'm good if I'm continuously doing these things. Like, God really loves me because of this. Were you, uh, in Savannah, is she preaching the same thing on her YouTube channel at this time? Like, yeah. These kind of tips. I haven't watched. Yeah. I've seen like one of her videos and shout out to Savannah. Yeah, she took them all down. So, okay. I can't see him anymore. 
shout out to Savannah Louie's old YouTube page uh, because yeah. I mean we've had a lot of people uh, start rolling with us because of that. But uh, nice. she was just kind of preaching the same like go after it kind of message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's up. So then, what happens? You're 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 growing ish, or would do you would you believe that you're growing? What were I you? Probably wasn't. Gr- I mean. I'm not going to count it all as loss. So I was growing for sure. I mean, um, I learned a lot about God and I was starting to like truly at the time I, I truly thought like, I truly believed God did love me, but I was still like mean at home, like still living like that double life where like too afraid to like, have my siblings see that I actually love the Lord. Um, that type of stuff. Hmm. Your siblings were not with it. I mean, I, I don't know. I never want to say no, but it's kind of probably, a no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say no, but nah. you know, just in case it's a yes. Right. So you're keeping going. Um, what happens next? Um, so I'm doing that for a good amount of time. And then Savannah shows me Dan Moeller. And that's when I knew. What did you think about Dan? I knew, I knew my speculations were right. <laughs> that like, this isn't the life that I'm supposed to be living. Like, I know that, you know, one time, like, just being angry all the time isn't the life that God had paid for. Me being offended at everything. I really did think that for sure. Like, I was like, one day I won't be this way. Like, one day, like, I don't have to argue with my grandparents anymore. And I just couldn't help it. I just, I, I I was like, I can't help it. But I knew, I knew one day, I always call it the lie one day because it's just a lie, that one day I'll get there. And yeah. What would you argue about? Like what, what, was, what was so offensive to you? Everything. Everything was offensive to me still. Um, my grandpa hated making promises to me. He always told me that because I was, I would just get very angry. When people didn't like do what they said they were going to do. And then I would just get angry about doing the dishes. I hated them. I hated just about everything. Everything annoyed me that my family did. So. So you gave them quite a bit of an attitude then. Oh, oh. (laughs) yeah. Would they fight with you? Yeah, I mean, we, we'd be going at it. And my siblings would be like, Misha, why are you like, like, you're just too much. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, they'll be like, you need to just stop talking. I'm like, no. I can't even yeah. picture any of this. This is kind of crazy. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> will he do it? <laughs> yeah, he will. So Dan Moeller starts hitting 
what do you feel yes. like you were growing and like learning immediately from from what Dan was saying? Um, I just knew that what he was saying was 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 true. I was like, that's so good for him that he can live like that because I know I can't. <laughs> good on you, happy Dan. Right. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. Like, I really do. But I can't. And I mean, I will listen to him all the time. Just like talking about talk, talk about how he's free being from unoffense. That got me. Mm-hmm. How he doesn't get offended because I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I'm offended all day, every day. <laughs> That's wild that yeah. we can live without offense because taking offense is a choice. People don't know that. Yeah. It's taking it something. It's an action. Like you take offense. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, you don't have to be offended. Yes. That's, that, that's something that people don't. And you can still disagree with something and not be offended. Mm-hmm. That's another right? wild thought that, um, yeah. and that's probably the move. Like, like, It's something that we're we're growing in, and then we just decide one day, no, I am not going to be offended at anything because I'm built to love. And if yeah. I'm offended, how can I love? So good. Right? Because it's the love of Christ that compels us. It, it's not anger or offense, so... So, um, Savannah's all pumped up about Dan Moeller. Do you find that you're vibing with it as much as she is, or were you just like, oh, good for her? We've been pretty, like, honestly, like, we always said, like, how are we always on the same page? Because we really were, Mm -hmm. until we weren't. Mm -hmm. So, at that time, we were on the same page, for sure. Until we weren't. (laughs) <laughs> what happened when what have had you get not on it she found y'all <laughs> she found us yeah and it's so funny like um because she truly was praying to like find community because we lacked that here so much and she i don't know who introduced love reality to her probably and, uh the 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 boy justin Koo. I think she met oh, him at a conference. Him. Yeah. And so she found y'all and was real cool. And she, oh, she wanted me so bad to like come. She was like, please join this Bible study. This was a long time ago. She was like, please get on, please get on. And I'll be like, I ain't getting on. <laughs> Okay, I wanted to take a little break to tell you that I don't like Facebook, but I'm on there and I'm on there because we have the love reality gospel community on there. And that is just a group of almost 3000 people who uh, and growing who have received this truth and are growing in it. And like I said, I don't go on Facebook, but if I'm there, I'm in that love reality group and uh, there's so much life. There's so much good stuff. Um, So if you're vibing with us and you want to be a part, uh, go to Facebook and look up Love Reality Gospel Community and and, and join. And then we can kick it. That's all I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so let's talk about this. What would what, what was she describing when she was like, like she knew about Dan? This is a few years ago, mm-hmm. and if you listen to her podcast, she she breaks this all down. But then um, she finds this community love reality, and we're preaching freedom from sin. What did she mm-hmm. tell you about it? And what she just said, Misha, these people are so cool, and they believe they're free from they're free. I don't know if she mentioned like free from sin exactly, but she was just like, they're free. They love the Lord. Um, the leader's black. <laughs> <laughs> was that, was that like to, to get you in? Like, yeah. And it got me in honestly. Cause <laughs> I was just like, I was like, man, it's so cool to like, I was never like intentionally taught by someone black in my older years. And so I was just like, I miss that. Like I miss learning it because I also dealt with, um, when we, the churches that we would go to, they were all white. And I was like, probably like the only black person always. And so sometimes I didn't think some things were for me. So and what, what are, what are some of the things that you didn't believe that were for you at this, at a white church and you being the only sister in the house? The gifts of the spirit. What? You thought the gifts of the spirit for, okay, and I'm not making fun of you, for the white people? Yeah, I really did. Like, I didn't think that, like, God loved me that much. It's so sad. That's that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and so, like, because no one ever noticed me at these churches, and, like, they will always remember her, but, like, always would forget my name, and I, I would peep all that stuff all the time. and so. I would just be like, you know what, God, like maybe what they got ain't for me and that's okay. I'll just love you. Oh my gosh. It's so sad, (laughs) but that's just how it was. And I was fine. So the experience of being the only black person in a church full of white people is that you're seeing yourself as less than like, you don't even think that all of the goodness of the word is for you. Yeah. And so then when she tells you it's a black leader, you're just like, Oh, like, yeah, that's important. Huh? Yeah. That was really important to me, especially because this was around like the whole killings you know, George Floyd, all that 20, stuff was yeah, going George on. George Floyd. And I was kind of done with just like, luckily, oh my God, thank God for Brayden's man. Cause you're like, I'm done with <laughs> white guys? people except for those white people. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know. Like I, I hate to look at people differently, but I'm so grateful that God has given me like, no Misha, this is not, this ain't it. Hmm. Like these, you can love people and yeah, I thank God every day for them in that, in that, in those times because I was very much deceived. What was your deception in, in that way? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I would just say like deceived in everything and all of it like the lies that would come about white people and having to like 
try my hardest. Like, no, 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 Misha, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Um, the deception of believing what other people believe for the sake of feelings. Hmm. And yeah. And I, I remember I had to pray a lot, like a lot. And I would just still go to church because I went to an all white church and I, and they would laugh and like, and I could not comprehend how like they could be so like fine while like my community is literally and somber. So it was a like resentment and bitterness towards the white community because you just felt like they don't even care about what's happening. Yeah. Like they don't understand fully. And then like Facebook people and mercy, you know what they got to say. So really helped the way I felt. (laughs) Mercy. So, then she says that the leader is a black person and you're just like, yes. oh, say less. Is that when you joined? Like, yeah, is that when the first time you looked at it? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, she would, she would show us, I'm pretty sure she would show us like Tyler and Morgan, their podcast. I mean, not their podcast, their, their video on YouTube mm-hmm. and show us Jonathan and stuff like that. And I was like, they seem pretty legit. <laughs> like these people seem cool. And then she'll send me like all these podcasts. I'm like, I okay, they're really long. I can't do that. <laughs> this is not so that long ago. So th- this is not that this long. This is not that long ago. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the podcasts are long. My that's on me. Um, <laughs> no, there's no issue. I love them now. <laughs> I just. What was the what was the first one you actually listened to Savannah's, or had you started listening before that? In fullness, what was Savannah's out? Savannah's. I'm pretty sure I listened. No, I listened to Joyce and Will, Wills because they're black people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> Uh, you could no. tell from the cover, I guess. Uh, I don't no, know if you could it's tell. It's because, no, listen, it's because I knew who Will was because of, I went to the Love Reality Tour. Okay. So you joined one of our Zoom, like, our, our Zooms or like? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. not going to keep going to the story. You, okay. So you, well, praise the Lord, you're, you're, you get brought in. And what is yes. the first stuff that you're hearing? A lot. It was like, information overload of how much I didn't know. Like, I mean, I took notes galore. My whole notebook, I was sitting there like this, just writing. Like, I got to get all this because this is good stuff. And I don't understand it, but I know this is good. And I know that, like, this is good. And so breakout rooms, I was in Will's group. And, I mean, there was just a lot of things that I didn't understand for sure. I can't even tell you what I didn't understand, but the one thing that I did like grab a hold onto was forgiveness and confession. And I would like, I asked Will on Instagram cause I, I just needed to know like, this is, this is legit. Like, 
I don't have to beg because I'm already forgiven. What? Uh, this is how he sees me. What? And then, and then in that message, I still have the screenshot and everything. He, he asked me, and who are you? And I paused. <laughs> and I think I cried after he asked me who I was. Because, like, you guys would talk about how, like, what the Bible says. And we're, we're holy blameless. And I just could not wrap my head around that. I thought that was honestly putting myself in a place where I wasn't supposed to be. Hmm. And so when he asked me that, I was, I cried and I was like, I'm a daughter. And that was the very first time I ever saw myself as daughter. Yeah. So what else keeps starting to make sense as you're going through this thing? Um, well, that made sense to me a lot. So what I like to do is like after I learn something, I immediately tell like one of my friends. So I talk to my friend Mary Jo all the time and I'm over here like, yo, you got to get on this. This is crazy. Um, and so I for sure was talking to her about that. And then. I don't know. I started reading the Bible for myself. That was one thing I never did. I ain't never read the Bible. You've never read it before this? Like, for I mean, real read it? I read it. But you didn't read it, I read it. I read it, but I ain't read it, read it. Because I, I was just like, ugh, this is boring. Like, when you talked about yesterday in the Bible study, how, like, is the Bible really that good? Like, is is the gospel really that good? Like that really hit me because it wasn't that good to like transform me. It was just like, okay, this is it. You know, we sin, we, we ask God for forgiveness. We keep it pushing. We sin, we ask God, we keep it pushing. And I just thought that was the cycle, but it really is that good to bring transformation to my life. I was thinking about this. I'm a black and white thinker. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I come out like, Sometimes it's like raw or something like it's too hard, but that's really how I think about things. So I was thinking if the gospel is the most beautiful life transforming message, then the reason why we're not seeing beautiful life, life transforming, like people getting their lives transformed is mm -hmm. one of two reasons. Either we're not preaching it the way it is, or it actually isn't life-transforming. So, they're, they're, like, I can't think of another option. Either yeah. it is the most beautiful life-transforming message and we're not preaching it right, or it isn't, and it, it just, like, it's not enough. There has to be something, like, it's the gospel and something else, and, and then your life can be transformed. Or the gospel is a part of... uh. And so I'm convinced, and I'm not talking about, you know, in our community, I'm talking about the, the larger, like, why people look at God and they're like, ah, no answers there. Like, I don't yeah. see a lot of answers. We might not be preaching it how dope it actually is. Right? That, yeah. can, only, that can be the only option, because I'm convinced that it is, and like, 
like you and I have seen the miracles in, in our own lives and then in other people's lives, um, lives completely transformed. So it just has to be that maybe we haven't understood it, not that it isn't yeah. actually good enough to transform people's lives, right? Yeah. And for me, it was probably, I never, I, I didn't understand it. The veil was still, still there. So when does Braden do this cups thing with you? Is this further down the line? Like you'd start yeah, going to the Zoom dies. stuff a little bit? Yeah, my grandpa dies first before all that. So my grandma passed in 2019. I was a wreck. Now my grandpa's my grandpa is passing away, and it's around October. And I was, I mean, I was of last year, rending this year of twenty twenty one, October twenty twenty one. Yes, he was in the hospital. He was put on life support about three different times. And I had to take care of him. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I was rending the heavens <laughs> for, yeah, for God to come through for me, that type of thing. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And so I'm, I'm crying all the time because, like, my worst fear is about to approach me. I'm going to be without my parents. Uh-huh. And I mean, honestly, thank God for like you guys, because I was still like chiming in some and like hearing you guys' videos, but like I mean, for what I I little had, but then in October Braden does the cups and Well tell that for story. Those, I don't Yeah, um so it's so funny because Braden goes, Misha, I God gave me this thing. I just want to try it out on people and stuff like that. Can I, do you have a minute? And I was like, sure. Right. Uh, Savannah was like, why are you giving it to her? She's already free. And then my mom was like, no, I'm not. But I was pride. Pride was too, too in the way. <laughs> what was key? Like, what was the thing? Like you'd been learning all of this stuff. And I think I'd probably met you. Like, I think you'd probably been to one of the Bible studies or whatever. Um, and so you're kind of vibing, but in your mind, in your mind, you didn't really understand all of it yet or the full scope of what was going on. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. The full scope of it. I, I just couldn't. Yeah. I didn't understand it. And so when he gives me the cups or whatever, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, cool, nice. And basically the cups are, he has one cup full of like dirt. And then he has another one, like, that's completely clean, nothing. And then, basically, he talks about how God has always seen you as the pure cup. And I'm probably botching it, but that's just kind of the gist. There was so much more, obviously. and But at some point, I stopped listening to him. Um because Holy Spirit had told me, like, Misha, you have pride. And that was the first time I was ever corrected. Ever corrected. And 
I start crying right then and there. And and Brayden's like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know what's going on with me, but I know that I'm not going to be the same. And so I'm crying, I'm crying. And, then and I you're go crying because he reveals this thing to you. This Holy Spirit reveals yes. that you're dealing with pride. And you ha- you did- before that, you didn't know. No, I didn't know. I knew that I was like, I thought I had it. You know, like I thought I had it. I don't need that. Like I don't need. Yeah, I just knew that I, I knew that that's exactly what it was. Like I was too pro- proud to admit that I didn't have something hmm. for the sake of what it could look like to them. And so, so there's also wanna... some shame in that. Yeah. There's shame because like, you're not happy with that person, that person mm-hmm. that believes that thing. And so you can't admit it because you're mad at that person for feeling that way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that hits you and you start crying. Yeah, and I don't know. In that moment, I felt exposed, (laughs) even though he had no idea what was happening. But I completely felt like I was raw on the tape, like just completely exposed on the table. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need a minute. Um, and so I go back in the house, Savannah's like, are you okay? And like tears are like profusely coming down my face. And I was like, Savannah, I don't know what's going on, (laughs) but I know that like something just happened to me that I don't, I had no words for. And so like she started this Bible study. So she does the full thing. She's preaching Romans, Romans 6. And I'm literally like just big eyed staring at her like, oh, my God, it is hitting me. (laughs) And I'm like, do you know what you're saying? And she obviously knows what she's saying. And it's so funny because like all the other people in the room like was just super chill. And then I'm just wide eyed. Like, this is real. Oh, my God. I'm looking in my Bible, flipping to Romans like, oh, my God, it actually says this. I can't believe it. And then. And so afterwards, I'm telling her, like, Savannah, my life just changed today. I'm not the same person that I was when I walked in. And then God speaks to me in dreams. And so that night I had a dream. And. It was Brayden, Savannah, and I, and we were in a church service, and like we were all kneeling down at the altar. And Jesus, I couldn't see his face, but I knew it was him. And he places a necklace on Savannah and Brayden. And this is exact, this literally is exactly how it was for me. Like I was just standing behind them, like, where's mine? Like, why don't I get one? And then I was impressioned to just kneel. And then Jesus comes and puts a necklace upon me. And then I stand up and he tells me, you believe me now. And then that was it. Wow. Yeah. And then 
as all this is going on, this is in the middle of your grandpa passing, huh? Yes. And so I'm literally, I'm as happy, like, I truly, I'm happy as I've ever been. And that's how I knew it was real. Like, what had happened to me was real because, like, the running joke in my family was like, man, when Misha and Grandpa, I mean, when Grandpa and Grandma pass, Misha's going to have to be put in a psych ward because she's not going to know how to live without them. So that was kind of like the running joke in my family. And so, like, Grandpa's in the hospital, tubes in and stuff like that, and I'm visiting him, and I'm not shaken by it. And I am watching this and obviously like so sad. I'm crying, but like I can tell this is so different. Like I can tell that like I am no longer dependent on my grandparents for my life. And it makes me emotional because like that's what it was all my life. That like I was only as good as what was happening around me. And it was always bad. So, like, I was always bad. And so, like, for the first time, like, I'm seeing all of this, like, literally, supposedly my world is falling apart and I'm okay. And, like, and I'm really okay. And so then in January, he passes away. And so, what is it? What? The verse where it talks about abounding in Thanksgiving. And that really hit me. And so I started just thanking God for my grandpa, like immediately. I got, it was like the day before he passed. Um, I was driving to the hospital. I'm just like, God, I just thank you that for the life that you've given to my grandpa, the 91 years, um, the love that he's given me. I just thank you for, you know, giving me the best earthly father that I could have. Um, And that's just how I, I went in throughout every day until the day he passed away. And I did that after he passed. And I gave the gospel at his funeral. <laughs> what did you say? I, um, it's all a blur, but I just said, like, backtrack. So while Grapple's there, I get his Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I flip to Romans 6. Mm-hmm. and. In the margins of his Bible, it says, God has made me free from sin. I am made alive. Hmm. And I sobbed. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And Gravel's just there. And I'm just like, this is beautiful. Like, wow, this is a gift. And it was the best gift that I ever could receive, to be honest, was the fact that he knew that, and it was beautiful. And so at his funeral, I just was like, this is why Grandpa was the way he was, because he knew he was free from sin, and he lived a life unoffended because he did. Um, and this is because this is what Jesus paid for. And yeah. I don't know exactly, but I know something along those lines, and I 
just kept going. I think I met you shortly after that. I think I was up in... Yeah, you did. And, uh, you know, I think when I met you, we were talking a little bit about your grandpa. And, you know, when you meet someone and a loved one has just passed, you say something like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And you are sincerely so sorry to hear that. But you don't understand. Like, you don't understand the pain that they're going through at that moment. Um mm -hmm. Until you really get to know them and then you're just like, or you hear their story and you're like, wow, like that's your grandpa, but that's just, that's also your dad, you know, like that's yeah. the, the man in your life. Um, but yeah. you were, you were not grieving the way the world grieved. You were grieving, mm -hmm. but it was in a different way, mm -hmm. in a way that yeah. you understand, like you have hope. Uh, yeah. And so that's been, you know, f four or five months ago. What do you mm -hmm. see yourself growing in in now? Um, just more of truth. Um, just in like the little stuff for sure. Me and Savannah were just talking about it. Um just like I see my like a few months ago, it was so funny, like I was sitting on my sister's couch or whatever, and like she had did something that could offend me. <laughs> And I was sitting there and I felt it. I like felt the urge to be mm -hmm. upset by it or whatever. And I just told myself, like, no, no, mm. <laughs> you don't have to feel this way and you don't have to react. And you see her rightly and she is a daughter and you keep it pushing. And so that was like the first time I had to like, oh my gosh, this can be a new groove. And so then I've just been growing more and more of like the little becoming more bolder. Me and Samantha were also talking about that when you came, like that really did a lot for us. Like to see how unapologetic of the gospel you were hmm. and like you just speak it. And regardless of how everyone feels per se, like this is truth and you stand behind truth. And that really like, man, that really did something for me because like I realized like how it was back in, like just to be ashamed of like who I was and like no longer having to stand in that shame of who I am. And it's done so much for me because now I tell everyone I tell all my friends about it and I'm like, regardless if you disagree, this is truth. And like, he loves you. And it's so funny because I am just like, you know, growing in my boldness of what I believe in. Yeah. Yeah. It's becoming something that you used to believe. And now it's becoming something that you know, that is fact. Like, yeah. They're not going to be yeah. able to say something about God. No. Because you're like, no, no, that's not my dad. Like, my dad loves. Yeah, like, for sure. I've seen too much. Um, my life is For sure. Changed. And, um, yeah. you know, Savannah and I do a Bible study every Wednesday morning. Um, mm -hmm. And we're just going through wave one. And it's so cool to see people are still coming back to it. Even though we're on like our third round of wave one, there's always new stuff. And it has, it, you know, as we're teaching it over and over again, we have to 
add different things and um but it's pretty much wave one and i i think i see you there most of the time or if you're not there you're at a different one no i'm in school okay but i see times is wet so i see you at other bible studies which ones do you usually get to i get to the sometimes monday night but we have our own on mondays and it runs over sometimes and then i try to come y'all got one tomorrow yeah that's the one with savannah wednesday yeah no, y'all got a night one somewhere. Wednesday night. Yeah, we do have a Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, Wednesday night. Yeah. So I come to those. And then she really wants me to go to the Tuesday ones. And I'm like, I can't do that. I got, I'm a teacher. So. <laughs> You're a teacher? Y'all's timings. Yeah. Yeah, our timing, you know what? It's been such a blessing for different groups of people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Monday night is Monday night. And that's my brother-in-law and I. Um, and that's. Mm-hmm. Like we never plan anything. We just go and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday used to be like testimonies, um, but we need to get some new people. We need to advertise it or something because right now, or just keep rolling with the same squad because it's just become like a cool Bible study. Um, yeah. And then Wednesdays is we're just going over wave one over and over and over again. Um, but no, I've seen your growth and your confidence, and maybe I see it through Instagram. Maybe that's where I see it, you know, um, where mm-hmm. people are just like, you know, what what they're about usually comes across a little bit on social media, like what mm-hmm. they're posting about, what their what their stories are about, and I just see this thing has become so foundational for you, like yeah, you know, it's not only like I'm free from sin. It's yeah. oh I'm 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 a slave to righteousness. Yeah. Um I'm a holy blameless daughter of God and I just see you moving in that. Let me ask you this as as we wrap this thing up. If you were able to talk to angry Misha as a, as the, this young girl who was angry at you know so many different things um what would you try to tell her? Mm. Um, I would say you are loved. Um, I would say like God loves you. You are a precious daughter and you always have been and you always will be. And I don't know. Probably I would say that you're loved and that's enough for her. Hmm. That would have been enough for her. What would you tell to angry at the world because of injustice, Misha? The one who felt less than being at the all white church. What would Mm. you, what would you tell her? You are seen. Mercy. Um, yeah, you're seen. Wow. That's all she needed to hear. Well, you are seen 1000%. Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you for, for sharing your story. It's, it's, I, I love these podcasts because they're different. Every one of them is so different, but all of them are the same, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'll be hearing my story all the time. 
Thanks, Mitch. Got me singing like glory. Yeah, it got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me. And love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends. More than life, more than me, more than just pretend. And you can feel the freedom from within. Free to fly, be the child that you always been. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We would love it if you could share this so that people could hear uh, more of these stories. And a way you can do that is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating. If, if you give us less than a five star, I'm inclined to believe that you're not really rocking with us. So give us a five star rating and, and throw a comment in there. If you're going to talk about us on social media, go ahead and use the hashtag death to life. And let's get that hashtag going. This podcast is a production of Love Reality. And if you want more information about Love Reality, go ahead and check us out at lovereality.org. This show's produced by Tyler Morrison and Katie Prusha. The sound and editing is done by Addison Collingsworth and Eddie Cornejo. And then the Johnny on the spot is Annabelle Harper. And the artwork is done by Felix Gassman. Thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank you.